here I am in Eaton, Ohio, uh, with Angie Schultz, a certified story brand copywriter. Angie and I have had the opportunity to be involved in a number of projects before when she worked with a nonprofit and actually had the opportunity to create a, a number of, of different videos for them uh, when she was working with, uh, with the organization and we got to travel to Sierra Leone and um, work on a number of different projects before. Um, but it, and it was a good learning opportunity through our experience. Um, and I guess, why was that, Angie? I know we sat down, we planned out all the videos, and this is due when both of us were a little bit earlier on in our careers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we did this, all these projects, we filmed everything, and then later we realized that we didn't, hadn't spent very much time thinking through the strategy process and the distribution process. Yeah, we had um, we had done these great trips. We had traveled, um, actually a couple of places, we went to Haiti together as well. And I feel like, and we were, we knew that we needed good video content to actually showcase the story. But, um, and you did a great, your team did a great job of capturing kind of capturing the story while we were there on site. But then um, it, we had all this great footage that just never got put to use. We, you know, threw it up on the website, but we weren't directing traffic to the website. We put it out in some emails to our, um, our kind of baseline foundation audience that were already partners of ours, which was great. It made them feel good and and it helped them showcase the story, but it didn't convert into any, um, any new donors for that organization. And so, um, or very little. And, um, what I learned through that process and as we've continued to work together is that, gosh, the strategy up front and how you're actually going to use the video, like video just for video's sake isn't enough. And so the strategy behind how to use it and what you actually want to accomplish with that um, has been a real, has been a learning curve for me, but one that once I finally got it has paid off in big ways with, with other organizations and companies that I've partnered with. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing that even just reflecting on that whole experience has made me realize as I've kind of shifted the career from just doing video is that's, has been one of the reasons I've shifted more towards strategy is because, you know, when we, we started off, you know, I just thought, Hey, if I do a great job filming, if I do a good job editing, it's going to lead towards an impact and, and conversion. But what I've, what I've realized is that, you know, having, having great video is part of a bigger needs to be part of a bigger process and converting people over, bringing people over into your, um, you know, your camp, whether you're a company or a nonprofit or, you know, whatever it is, it really needs to be part of a larger, larger sales funnel, yeah. a larger process of bringing people in. And I think that's why it's been fun for us to be able to work together and have these discussions and being able to, to plan is because, you know, it's part of both of us are continually getting better. Yeah. And I know, you know, we, I recently when we reconnected was when I saw your the email that you'd sent out announcing that you had been um, re- going more into copywriting and that you were a s- certified story brand copywriter. Yeah. And that's when I said, oh, I have, I've been following the podcast. I'm a firm believer in the story brand process as one of the best ways to clarify your words for your strategy. Because um, imagine trying to amplify uh words that aren't clear through video and graphics and photo. And it just becomes confusing. And when I saw that you had taken the step of becoming a store brand certified, that's when I said, I need to talk to Angie. Um, I need to be connecting because I definitely believe in this process. And so I'd love to hear what was it like for you taking that step as a copywriter saying, Hey, I want to get into the store brand um, process. Yeah. For me, um, looking back, I had, I kept 
falling into these roles, whether it was I was in higher ed for many years and I was working with a nonprofit and I was hired for different things, but I kept falling into this role of spending most of my days copywriting and um, strategizing communication. And um, I didn't have a background in that. My background is in social work and I have a master's in business administration where, you know, I can talk all day about finance, but I certainly can't talk much about um, marketing at that point. And so, um, but I knew that I really liked it and I knew that I had a knack for it and that um, trial and error just wasn't working well enough for me anymore. And so StoryBrand was a real solution to that. I was introduced to it um, because I was reaching out to colleagues to say, I need, I need something here. I need some kind of foundation. And I, um, I knew Donald Miller and I knew I'd heard of story brand and I went to a live workshop and literally in that first workshop just had tears streaming down my face because it was, it was so powerful and it was such an answer to what I was looking for. And it, what it, story brand does is it, it kind of flips the story. Um, it's really natural for companies and nonprofit organizations to talk about themselves. And so to, um, when you're getting those videos or telling those stories, you want to tell about all the great things that you do. And that seems like it's going, if you talk about everything that you do so well, that it's naturally going to, um, people are naturally going to want to follow you in that journey. But really, even um, the most good hearted people have this kind of selfish, it's not even selfish, it's just the fact that our brains are wired to survive and thrive. So if we're watching something and we think, well, that's great, but our brains aren't taking the time to process it unless we can see how does this add value to my life. And so it's shifting the story from talking about ourselves as a business or as a nonprofit and really talking about the customer or the donor journey and learning how, how is it that, um, that this becomes their story and what's motivating them, um, to act. And then really speaking to that directly, it's much more about them versus us, which was a, just such a monumental shift for me in the marketing world. No, absolutely. Cause especially when, when it comes to with my background in video is that often people say, Oh, we need to promote ourselves. We need to tell a, you know, produce this, this video, that's going to answer all these, these questions when in reality is people are looking for answers to their problems. Um, and anytime you're I mean, or they're looking to be entertained. So either they're looking to say, I I'm looking for something that's going to be entertaining or it needs to answer, you know, my problem. And so I don't necessarily want to spend my time watching someone else talk about how cool they are. (laughs) You know, I mean, no one really likes listening to other people talk about how cool they are and how Mm -hmm. great they are. Yeah. Inevitably, I think that often um, a lot of marketing and and promotion, especially whether it's for nonprofits or educational groups can turn into that, Mm -hmm. that process of, Hey, we're doing this and this and imagine you being part of us. When in reality they need, it should be flipped and saying, Hey, we're going to help you achieve the best version of, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how is that switch from understanding this, you know, that, Hey, we're the guide to help you. How does that transit? How does that ripple through when it comes to all of your copywriting and, and planning? Yeah. So I, um, story brand has what's called a brand script and then really it breaks story down into seven components, major components. And it starts with who is your character, which is who is your target audience. So, um, identifying who that audience is and then what is it that they want? And this is where that major shift happens because usually we place ourselves as the company or organization in that character role. And we're telling you about us, but really we want to understand who's that target audience what is it that they want? And then identifying what problem um, obstacles they need to overcome in order to reach the success that they're looking for. That's kind of the, the major um, messaging behind StoryBrand. 
And so what I like to do is after we map out those seven story components, which starts with a character identifying what problem that they're facing, introducing the guide. And so if you think about any good story or any good movie, there's always um, there's always a guide. Sometimes it's like the quirky best friend or sometimes it's it can be a professor. I think about like Goodwill Hunting and it's it's the professor. It's Robin Williams role who's walking that um, person saying, I have the plan to your success. And so that's where we position ourselves, um, And that story as the company or the organization is that we hear you, we see you, we know what you want, we know where you want to go, and we have the plan, we have the solution to help you get there. And so, um, so identifying that, identifying a really clear cut plan to showcase how to get there, and then painting a really great visual of what does success look like. So if we know what they want, then we can showcase by working with us or by partnering with us or by buying our product or service that we can help you get that picture of success, but we can't also leave out the idea of failure. And so, um, the idea that if you don't partner with us, there is some consequences. And so there, you can go a little bit too heavy on failure. When I think about failure, sometimes, you know, you think about like the Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> commercials with the animals and the set. And so sometimes failure can be really, really effective, but, um, in most cases, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a dash of salt, right? So you kind of just put out the, the consequences piece and you mention it. But um, once I have those seven components that I just mentioned, I just use them in different ways. I form them. A, a video script might be a combination of all of those things. A website most certainly is a combination of all of those things. Um, but sometimes, you know, you can break it down into social media content, which is just one of those things. So it's just, we're just talking about the guide in that instance, or we're just talking about that plan component of story. And so um, there are ways to to mold it together. Um, but really that brand script, that story brand brand script serves as that filter to everything to follow to make sure that you're staying on a really clear path in your messaging and you're not getting off target because if you've identified what your customers want, then you want to stay on that same communication path to make sure that over and over, people have to hear things eight times generally before they act. And so we have to, it feels repetitious sometimes, but we have to keep repeating ourselves in slightly different ways so that they will actually take action and feel confident in taking that action. No, absolutely. So what, what was it like for you going through the process of story brand? What was, what were those steps that you ended up taking? Yeah. So I, um, I started with just a story brand, a live workshop with Don Miller in Nashville and just learned the framework. And I, I learned it with the intent of bringing it back to the organization where I was working. And also I was working, doing some side work with, um, a university as well. And so I just wanted to be, um, I wanted to be better at what I did. And so it was just professional development, but I fell such in love with the framework that I went back a few months later and became certified as a copywriter. And so I could learn how to take that um, brand script, those components of story that I had learned how to develop and refine and then learn how to write to that and how to, how to bring that into my copywriting in a consistent basis and really um, how to churn out really effective um, sales funnels as well within that. And then um, about a year later, I um, decided to become certified also as a story brand guide, which takes kind of the copywriting and, and developing content and then also turn it into coaching for companies and organizations so I can actually help them not only create my own brand scripts, but help them develop their brand scripts and then turn it into content that will actually start converting for them. 
Okay, great. So as a, as a certified guide, you're able to actually walk people through that process yeah. kind of under with story brands, That's um, right. kind of blessing, mm-hmm. so to speak. Because um, right. I know that some of the ways that people can go through the process are either going through a live wor- workshop, which you did, yeah. um, or you can also have someone who's is it, is it a story brand employee come out and do the workshop. Yeah, there are several there are several ways to get your hands on the framework, and it starts as simple as like a seventeen dollar purchase with the book, and that's a great place to start. So, building a story brand by Donald Miller is a great place to start, just to kind of get an idea of the framework. Um, the next step that's even stronger there's both an online workshop and a um, and a live workshop in Nashville. And so then you're learning from Don Miller himself and he's speaking the words to you from the book and walking you through exercises. And then, yeah, you can also have um, what's called a private workshop where someone from the story brand team comes out to your business or organization and actually teaches your entire team and walks you through brand script development together. Okay. Or someone can have you also do that process as well. That's right. Yeah. So we can, I can come in and I don't teach the framework. So I usually start by, um, either, Either um, having my clients work through the book themselves and kind of understand the framework, and then I can come in and absolutely develop a brand script on their behalf. But really, StoryBrand is the one who's coming in to to teach the framework. The framework yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, absolutely. And I know I, I definitely listen to their podcast um, quite often. And honestly, it was that that podcast that in some ways kind of encouraged that that career change for me from just saying. I need to be just doing video to, you know, I really need to be helping people with their words first and make sure they have that clear. Um, and also making sure they have a, a basic sales funnel. Um, you know, I was working, I had a conversation just with someone this morning who we had done a video for him before and they wanted to do another video. Uh, and through the process, while I was talking with them about, well, do you have this plugged into a sales fund, email marketing sales funnel? And they said, well, we used to, and then they changed CRMs and now we don't have the sales funnel. And I was like, you know, I, I can't in good faith recommend you having another video until you, <laughs> until you get your sales funnel in order. You know, it doesn't have to be an amazing sales funnel, but you at least need to have something so that way all the content that you're producing is driving people through at least some sort of sales funnel. Yeah. And StoryBrand even will say, and it's um, the first thing that Don Miller says when you walk in his workshop is that companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. And and we've seen that. Um, just the example that we were talking about, know, yeah. we paid we paid your team. I know, <laughs> like to, to travel, travel around. And you gave us you gave us a beautiful product, but it was our lack of strategy that we, we wasted money there, unfortunately. No. And um and the same thing is true with websites. That's where I see lots and lots of organizations and companies wasting money. They build these beautiful, these gorgeous websites that when you look at them, um, are meaningless. You have to, it has to be this combination of the right words. I think that websites do need to be beautiful as well. I think that you have to, there's a level of professionalism, but it's not, um, either or. And a lot of times people get the the pretty part, right. And they get the words way wrong. And so people land there and they might say, Oh, this is nice, but they're not going to stick around. Um, Don Miller has something called the grunt test. So when you land on a website, there's something in that, in that header section that, Cause you have about five seconds for someone to land on your website in order. Um, you have about five seconds before they either further engage and continue reading or take action or they bounce off. And within those five seconds, they need to be able to answer three questions really clearly. What is it that you offer? What value does it add to my life? And how do I get it? 
And um, it's amazing if you just go out to any kinds of websites. It's so, so many websites get that wrong and that's why they're not converting well. So that's kind of like the most basic website <laughs> knowledge from StoryBrand that I've, um, that I've acquired that really makes the biggest impacts for companies. If they can just fix the header section on their website, it can make a tremendous um, difference. I know I was recently looking at helping someone advising them on some, some video stuff and was looking at their website. And the, the first thing on their website was something about the, their seven missional principles. And yeah. I was like, no one, no one cares about this. That's right. Yes. These are important for you as a company to know if you're doing your job, but you know, the first thing on the website is should be, how do you help, you know, how do you help me with what I'm hoping to accomplish. Yeah. I, there was, I'm working on a website now that the old website starts something like the grandfather started the business in 1930, which is super great, but just tell me how you're going to help me fix my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's really what we're looking for. And if we can't get to that quickly, we're going to bounce off and go somewhere who can somewhere that they can tell us that. Yeah. And, and some of those things are nice to have somewhere else, but that's right. But not at the very beginning. That's right. Exactly. Uh, you know, I need to, hook me in at first and then mm -hmm. afterwards mm -hmm. be able to do that. Yeah. Solve my problem first and talk to, talk to me about my problem. Let me know that you understand what I need and that you have a solution to what I, what I need. And then talk to me. Then we can establish authority later. We can talk about how long you've been in business. We can talk about how great you are at what you do, but it's all framed around how this benefits the customer. So we've been in business for this long and that serves you well because versus just kind of, um, you know, putting it out there and, um, that's not what, that's not what our customers want to hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I know that's one of the things that I've definitely played or just played around with is, you know, when you're producing content, like let's produce content that is actually going to solve people's problems mm -hmm. initially. And so whether you're, you know, it's a school, it's like, all right, what can I, versus just telling, Hey, this is the degree. It's like, well, what can I do with a nursing degree? Mm -hmm. And then feature someone who's doing that because mm -hmm. there's, there's just a lot of things going out there and you, it's cool to promote, but make it in such a way that you immediately from the very beginning answer mm -hmm. someone's question or you pose the video title as a question mm -hmm. so that when people are searching for it, it actually pops up as, you know, careers in nursing. I mean, in nursing is, I think, a very clear example because most of the time when you go into nursing you become a nurse but i think there's a lot of other opportunities where such as well what do i do with a music industry or you know psychology degree or yeah. you know some of those things but when you frame it as a question the answers that solve someone's problem then um then it's just going to be so helpful. I mean, think of how many times we go to YouTube and we have a question or a problem that we're trying to solve. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, yeah. Often it's, you know, how do I fix uh, my dryer or how do I change a, you know, string on a guitar or mm -hmm. there's all these things that we go to problems. And, but then at the same time, if you have a channel up there, then that's one way of, of getting people, you know, interested and in, in bringing awareness. Um, and so often I think, Understanding that translates directly into the strategy for how you approach your content That's um, right. is answering, answering the problems. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of times um, companies are speaking to those external problems most often that, you know, if they think about a, a lawn care company, for example, they just think that you want your grass mode. And really that is the tangible problem that somebody wants their, their yard care for, but really customers purchase based on what they're feeling internally. And so that's what companies and nonprofits really miss out on is I, th I think speaking to that internal problem. So I'm not getting my, I'm getting my lawn care. I'm getting my lawn mode. That is, that is a problem I'm facing, but I'm really doing it because 
I'm embarrassed about how my lawn looks or Johnny's lawn across the street looks a lot better than mine and I want to keep up or I have the mother-in-law coming over and I want to impress, but there's, there's something internally going on that's driving that or that, Hey, I'm just too busy. I'm, I'm working. I don't have enough. I don't, I want to be a good mom and I want to have time with my kid or, you know, that, um, I don't want to be outside mowing the grass when I've worked a full day. And so there's something, there's something deeper that, um, is promoting that sale. And we've got to capture that a lot better, um, far more than the external problem. Yeah. No, that, that, I feel like that example is particularly relevant because I was just with some friends who, you know, it's, springtime and the grass is starting to grow and their lawnmower wasn't working and they'd been paying someone, but they decided, Oh, I'm, we're finally, we went out and bought a lawnmower. And the reason wasn't, Oh, we, we didn't want our grass to be tall. It was more of their neighbor, uh, Dave had been casually reminding them he was very, kept his lawn very (laughs) clean. And he was like, Oh, it looks like it's time for the lawn to be cut. And he was, had all these like, you know, passive aggressive comments about them needing to mow their lawn. Um, I think because he worked in a sod company or something like that. But their biggest factor when deciding to mow their lawn, you know, wasn't that they cared about the actual grass is they cared what their neighbor that's right felt about them yeah don don miller talks about um a certain knife like a it's not a swiss army knife but something along those lines some kind of knife that um a lot of a lot of folks will carry around and it's expensive but it's because they've done and it's just a knife but it's like it's because they've done such great advertising and and communication around that that it it does something i'm not I don't care about knives. My husband would really care about this (laughs) knife. And it's something about like making him feel more manly or like being ready to accomplish anything like out in the wilderness and a bear approaches, whatever the case may be. That is never going to, he's going to use it to like open, um, you know, like a sack of sugar at home or something. He's not going to use it for anything out in the wilderness, but it's something about just having that on you that it's really speaking to that internal, um, need or void that, that exists in us. So yeah, there are some really fun examples of that. Yeah. I know one example that comes my there's my my brother when he was in high school early college he definitely had this uh, phase with flashlights where the high-end flashlights and now the reason they sell uh, the flashlight wasn't the story of and then when i couldn't find my keys it's more of I was out in the woods and yes. this moose was charging at me and I pulled out my flashlight and the moose stopped in its tracks and went back and you're like oh wow I need that flashlight and it I could stop a moose in his tracks. And so, no, I don't, I don't think he's ever, I mean, occasionally he uses it and right. <laughs> stops a bat maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's about it. it um, yeah. But it was that, that allure to that bigger thing. Yeah. So too, I know when it comes to, to problems, oftentimes some of the mo- things that people aren't even aware of the problems. And so I think, you know, in my case, the issue is that people don't, aren't aware that they need strategy yeah. until, later down the road when they've realized that's one of the reasons I feel like it's my goal now having been through that process, you know, with you where we thought that, Hey, we could just people tell us we needed to go somewhere and produce the video and sure we do that. And then we realized, Oh wait, what they really needed was that strategy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I recently had a conversation. I was like, well, how much time should someone spend in strategy versus, you know, execution? And he said, Oh, you know, probably like 30% of your time should really be spent developing strategy, thinking through what you're going to do before you actually do it. Do you have any thoughts on other examples of how important is strategy and what happens if you don't do it? Yeah, I think that that foundation is so critical. And it's again, it goes back to that companies just wasting a tremendous amount of money on on marketing without that. Um, It's kind of the best way that I can kind of connect it. And my work is that 
a lot of times people will say, Hey, here's my website. Can you, um, can you fix it? Yeah. <laughs> can you make it convert? And, um, and, but aren't really super interested in going through the brand script and the story brand process of understanding who their audience is and what problems they face and how their solution and going through those fundamental steps. And without that, um, I can't, I can't really fix their website in a way that's really going to, um, to offer, Enough, you know, we can maybe make it a little better, but it's not going to be the transformation that they want. And so without, without knowing who you're talking to and what you want to accomplish with it, which is so much of what the strategic conversation is about is who's my audience, what goal do we want and how do we, how do we get them there? How do we forge that path to get them there? Without that, um, you don't have a path. And so it's, it certainly won't be effective. So it's just a, it's a no brainer for me, but it is, it's tough because, um, companies and organizations get kind of, um, stuck a lot of times and well, this is, well, like we did a video once and that was okay. And we need to show. And so we get stuck in these rhythms of what has always been done, or we send this paper newsletter out or, um, you know, we, well, we've always done this and, but how's it actually working for you? And how's it actually helping progress your audience to a place that you need them? And, um, it's tough, it's tough internally to see those things because you're so close to it that, um, it's really, it's really helpful to have someone come in who, um, who can just be a fresh set of eyes. I actually, um, I'm a story brand copywriter and guide and writing my own site. I just hired a copywriter to write my it's own hard, website. It's hard to write your own stuff because you're too close to it. That's right. And so the same thing is true. Just being within your own, um, within your own business practices to really see areas of improvement because it just, you just get stuck in ruts. And so I need that. And so I know that the clients I've worked with have, haven't realized that they needed that. But, um, once we've kind of stepped back and done that has been just a real, um, really powerful to have someone come in and just really put plain language around it and identify Don Miller calls them slippery bowling balls. Those things that once they're in your hands, they're going to drop automatically. They start to confuse you. And if you confuse too much, then people are just going to drop off your page. They're not going to watch your video. And so, um, using plain language that makes sense. I've really, um, I, I have developed my skills as a copywriter, but by developing my skills as a copywriter, I have actually become a little bit less eloquent probably. And I write more to like caveman like language because that's what our, our brains. Um, I think it's something like 3000 messages, commercial messages a day that our brains are trying to process. And so we just, our brains just turn them off. It's trying to conserve calories. And, um, so we're looking for clear, concise messages and sometimes just having someone come in to eliminate that insider knowledge, um, is, is really, really, really powerful. And again, I need that for myself. Yeah, no, well, I think, you know, often there's that very, uh, definitely a difference between, you know, internal language where you get in some community, I mean, pretty much every community eventually starts developing jargon that they use internally, that everyone knows that people kind of get, but then you have to stop and say, all right, is this for an external audience or internal? And sometimes people say, oh, it's an external audience. Like, okay, no, well, it's really for your internal audience. Internally, that's one thing, Mm -hmm. but then no, is this external, like, the world external or mm-hmm. like your subset of people that you work with um, and helping people differentiate, you know, what is this? Cause I think there are some situations where you're talking to, you know, 1% of the population, sure. but most of the time people are actually, no, they want to speak to that, 
99% that's not in their inner circle, but maybe they, they have a hard time realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's hard to, it's hard to step back from that, but it's so important. And th- But I think that's why it is so important to have someone else come in, mm-hmm. you know, like you and help clarify, just, you know, say, no, this is actually kind of confusing. Yeah. You know, this, uh, this really should be simplified a bit more, you know, yeah. it's not, not what it, not what it should be. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, absolutely. And then, so kind of through that process, of kind of clarifying the words, what are the kind of some of those next steps that you recommend with people once they get the, the their website, you know, mm-hmm. clarified in terms of um, words, you know, what is the role of, of a, a lead magnet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always start with the brand script and start by clarifying your message and going through your seven story components in the brand script and then translating that into your website. That's always the first place. That's where people are looking for you. And so you've got to get that, that messaging right. And then, um, to really make it work for you, then, um, just a basic sales funnel is really powerful. And so once someone hits your website, they're many, they're oftentimes not ready to buy or they're not ready. What Don Miller calls it, marry you. They're not ready to marry you yet, but they might be willing to go on another date with you. And so what that looks like on a website is they're not, they're not scheduling that appointment or they're not buying now or they're not donating and they're not ready to, but they might be ready to, um, hear more from you. And so a lot of times what we see is, um, subscribe to my newsletter on someone's website, right? We see that all the time and it, um, and, and I don't know about you, but the le- I can't remember the last time I subscribed mm-hmm. to someone's yeah. newsletter. It's really, really, um, we don't want, we don't want that one. We don't want, it's just, um, we already have enough coming in our inbox. And so it's not it's something that we don't want, but something that, um, story brand really promotes is the idea of a lead magnet. And so a lead magnet is some kind of resource that's irresistible to your target audience. So when they're on your website, if they're not ready to buy that, they are absolutely going to take advantage of whatever it is that you have to offer. And so a lot of times that can be like a PDF or, um, some kind of guide that that would be really important to them. I just am working on a retirement website, a financial advisor. And, um, just on the bottom of his, we put a, uh, on the bottom of his website, put ask a retirement question and they just get a free, um, a free response from him. They can ask any burning retirement question, no pressure to work with him and, um, he'll give them a response. And so it, you don't have to overthink what that is, but what we've done with that is we've captured an email address and that allows us to continue the conversation. So the basic sales funnel is capture an email address, whether that be on your website or on social media. Um, through a lead magnet and then continue to follow up with an intentional email campaign until they're ready and you can nurture them into a sale. No, so- sounds good. And and I am curious, have you done much? I was recently talking with someone who works primarily with Generation Z and he said that they're almost starting to do less in email, but more in texting. But the concept is still the same in terms of get their numbers so you can text kind of links or stuff like that. I'm curious, have you done anything like that or not, not yet? Not quite yet. Yeah, I think it depends on your audience. Um, I Like I said, I have a background in higher ed. And so that's really effective there. When um, Email is still, I found email to be really the most effective. But it, again, it depends on your audience. And it's probably not the most effective for high school students who are looking at colleges. And so something like that, texting, would be really effective. I did um, I've tried it a couple of times and it, it's, it's been, it works. Um, but again, just a matter of knowing your audience. audience, what they want and how, what's the best way to reach them. So that's why strategy just yeah. comes back to, it's so important to know how your audience behaves so that you can um, mimic that. Yeah, and well, I know, especially when you look at right now, we really are in such a period of extremes, you know, digital extremes yeah. where, you know, we, we have people who, you know, people, if you're, you know, 45, 50, like 
you grew up without the internet. You know, and then we have people who are, they, the internet was kind of there when they were growing up, yeah. but definitely didn't have their first smartphone until, yeah. you know, they were well past, you know, into their adult years. And then you have people now who don't know a world without smartphones and technology. And so, you know, you really have this, this, I think, huge divide um, where, you know, what, how people connect with content is just extremely different across the generation. There's been such rapid changes yeah. that you, you really, how you connect with someone who's 45, 35, 15, 25 is just going to be so different and you really have to know your audience so well. Yeah, that's so right. I was, I worked on an end of the year campaign with a small nonprofit and uh, really the most, we did some social media stuff. We did some email stuff, but the most um, effective was a, a letter in the mail, snail mail. And it, um, you know, it, it, we actually doubled her, what she had raised in the previous year in her end of the year campaign. But it was just two, we sent two really highly effective story branded letters and it made all the difference because most of her population was at least that retirement age and they may have been on email but they certainly were didn't feel confident putting their credit card yeah. um, on her <laughs> website and that's you know it's a real thing for yeah. um for that for that population that generation and so um letters and checks made it a huge difference in her campaign yeah and i think that's just where you really have to know your strategy because if yeah. she had said, oh, no, the, the new thing is email marketing yeah. and text messaging and she had she tried that, she, I think there would have been nothing, you know, in her yeah. But you really have to know who, who like spend that time thinking through your audience, mm-hmm. what they want and coming up with a, a custom campaign that that's going to work for every person. That's right. No, so, sounds good. And then, um, you know, kind of a, last things as we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, what are... What are some of the, do you have any big takeaways or recommendations for people who are thinking, I don't know where to start, you know, where do, where, what do you usually point people towards? Yeah, I would say, um, if you don't know where to start, I would always, like I said, recommend, um, the story brand book, building a story brand, reading that through understanding your audience and, uh, that will just open, it just will open your eyes in such a way to um, shift your mindset when it comes to how you talk to your partners. And so that's always my first step is start there. And then secondly, um, don't trust your own instincts, even though they might be very they might be really good. Invite someone else in, even if that is simply, um, you know, kind of a good first step is we mentioned the grunt test before the header on your website and those three questions. What is it? Um, what is it that I offer? What value does it add? And how do I get it? Send your website out to five people, um, in your friend list or your colleagues that really don't know too much about what your organization does and ask them those three questions, tell them to spend five seconds and you may be shocked by the results that you get. So um, those would be the two major things. Read the story brand book and um, invite someone else in to give you a critical eye on your work. No, absolutely. I know that we, I I won't be doing any websites without uh, first contacting you or or another story brand. At at one point in the fall, we had started a a website and, and I just realized that, you know, it was just really hard for me because I wasn't familiar with that process. And that's where I think it's really important to, especially as we're moving more into the gig economy Mm -hmm. to really, you know, if you're trying to do any kind of endeavor, take the time to find experts in their niche. And I think in your case, I think you do like do fantastic work. Um, and especially when it comes to website and and the story brand is that, 
and I was working with someone who could build websites and they could build them really well. Yeah. And, but we didn't have the struggle with, oh, how do we use CSS or how do we use square pages? All of our struggles were with wording. Yeah. What words do <laughs> what we use? What words do we That's use? Right. Um, and then when you, when you have struggle with the words and you wireframe and mark things up and then try to then try to readjust the words, it's just a lot harder and it's just way yes. easier to just get your words right from yeah. the very beginning. And once you get that, then it's a lot easier to make sure everything is aligned. It's a lot easier to make sure your, your videos, your social media posts are aligned when you've actually aligned your whole organization around your words first. That's right. Because words are way easier to change than, oh, we filmed something already and filmed all this content and then let's re-edit it to make sure it's aligned. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, it's a hard process, but when really if we could have just get everything aligned with yeah. clear words that everyone's 100% behind. Yeah. Um, I recently had a conversation where people felt like, well, I feel like I'm talking out of my one side of my mouth or, or the right side of the mouth because they weren't they weren't aligned with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I can't get anywhere with producing content for you until you've, you've at least aligned you with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Ask your one really clear question to know how you're doing on your content is ask yourself or ask your colleagues, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the it, people stumble on that question. What is it that you do? What is it that your organization or your company offers? And um, you'll be surprised at how often people stumble on that. And that's one of the that's one of the pieces of developing a brand script is is answering that question really, really effectively and getting your team on board around that. Um, people have a lot of times branding guides. And so that you know what colors you use, you know what colors are in your logo and what fonts you use. And, um, and that's often more typical than having some kind of, um, language guide or the brand script and, um, language is just as, or even more important than, than those design elements. And, and I think having the, those clear messages at one point I saw someone who had a, a guide and it had key messages and it had like two pages of key messages. And guess what? Like several years later, there were a lot of them were irrelevant because yeah. they hadn't stuck with, this is our core simple, mm-hmm. you know, message that's going to be true today and it's going to be true tomorrow and, and the day that's after right. tomorrow. Um, but they tried to come up with too many to the point where people just completely disregarded it because it was just way too hard to follow. Yeah. And remember that you have multiple audiences too. And so you're, you know, you might have developed that for your target, your primary audience, but you have lots of secondary audiences as well. And really each of them deserves their own communication plan. And there's going to be an overarching theme that kind of resonates, um, for each audience, but it really needs to be tweaked, um, for, for each of your audiences to be the most effective. So there's a lot of fun that can be had in strategy and, um, and making sure that the work and the money that you're putting into effective marketing actually has a great ROI instead of wasting money, um, like so many companies do. Yeah. No, I think no one would ever start building a building and just say, oh, let's dig here. Let's put up a wall here. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's paint this blue. Yeah. Like, no, you, you'd first would create a, um, you know, a blueprint. This is a great um, point. Yeah. And get it, get it started. And I think that's, I think some people probably would just start building everywhere except for if it weren't for, you know, local government rules stating, yeah, you should get a permit before you build. Yeah. Um, but I think we often do that with marketing is that people are just like, yes, let's put a wall here. Um, no, we don't have the building built, but let's put a front up, you know, and then that's right. And and there's always a balance between waiting indefinitely until you have a clear plan and establishing a plan. So you can, all right, let's build a foundation for what we need. Yeah. And yes, there's still room to fix some things later, but, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it is a balancing act, but I do recommend, you know, no one would build a house without a blueprint. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get, Get your blueprint 
first and do the strategy work first. So that's great. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining on the podcast. Angie has been super helpful. I know I will definitely be recommending you um, to anyone else who's looking as that, that first step as you to get your strategy figured out and uh, like where can people find you check you out? Uh, my website is angieschultz.com. It's A-N-G-I-E-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z.com. All right. Sounds good. And do you, are you active at all on any social media or primarily website? Primarily my website. You can also find me. There's a story brand directory. So if you search Angie Schultz story brand, I'll pop right up. All right. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks so much, Angie. It's been great Thank having you on the podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for joining in on this podcast. If you haven't, I invite you to subscribe uh, now. Share it with your friends. If you know of someone who you think would uh, benefit from hearing this conversation, feel free to send them the link. Um, well, thanks for listening and join in next week as we for Bart Kaler as he talks about Generation Z and the things that are motivate them and the best ways to reach out to them. He works extensively in higher ed, and so he, more than anyone, is really familiar with this new generation and what makes them tick and where they're hanging out. So join in next week.